brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Oh, yes, it is definitely sippin' time here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m., and we thank you for choosing to listen to us instead of the following choice. The Secret Life of Welsh Food with a fabulous discussion of milk bars in the 1960s. Now... How or why this is a secret or entertaining is a complete mystery to me. So, but then again, our own program is just about as crazy as well. So, uh, anyway, if you get bored of this, uh, check out the Welsh food uh, on the BBC. I'm Good Old Boy Mike, and joining me here is Good Old Gal Carrie Ann. Good afternoon. <laughs> I think it is 2020. Is that, hard is that to know. a question mark? <laughs> Maybe she's not really quite sure. Go boy Sparky is joining us. Today I found out that sunlight burns my flesh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that have is what on the Welsh food program? <laughs> I think so. They are pasty. They are so. pasty yeah, lots. Yeah, that's right. true. I was about to say. There's, there's are we going to get banned in uh, Wales now? Is uh, that absolutely. That is our goal banned. always. Once again. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, new to the program is good old boy Craig. Hello there. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. On this episode, we're going to be visiting some gin. Now, we've done some dozen gin that we've tasted in a double blind tasting today, meaning that we didn't know what we were tasting at all, and then we selected our top five plus our bottom choice for discussion today. I'm double blind. Yeah. Craig's going to tell us what we've uh, gone through and berated our palates with. Yes, we berated our palates for sure. It is early in the day, or actually 2 a.m., what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> first one we have was St. Laurent from Quebec. We had the Grey Whale from California, Nika Coffee Grain from Japan, Junipero from California, Number 3 from Holland and London, Castle and Key from Kentucky, Freeland from Oregon, Todd and Vixen from I Have No Idea Where, Mahone from Spain, McQueen in the Velvet Vogue from I Have No Idea Where, Kenobi- Brazil. Brazil, right, okay. The the, the bastion of good gin, Brazil. <laughs> uh, Kenobi from Japan, Bull Rush from South Carolina, which again, gin famous right there. And then Freeland Dry. So there's two Freelands, one Navy Strength London Dry and one New World Gin. Well, that is a- Real uh, strong flight that we've gone through. Now, again, we're not going through all of those gins today. We've selected our top five out of those uh, 13 different gins. And uh, we're going to go through our top five. Plus, we're going to talk about our bottom choice here as well. Sparky gets the honors of going over our SIPS ratings for today. Now, do you think you can actually pull off a Welsh accent in search of a milk bar? <laughs> well, I, t I was going to say I haven't been to a milk bar in a minute. Uh, not intentionally, at least. But uh, 
I'll do my damnedest. Anyway, what you said, it's utterly ridiculous. I did. Yes, I did. Don't, I'm don't sorry. Miss that pun. That's I don't know. It's a good pun. I mean, to be fair, since we've never been to a milk bar, maybe there is something to it. I just think of a Clockwork Orange. I mean, to me, that's oh. uh, instantly summons when you say a milk bar. But uh, I think someone has an Oedipus complex, <laughs> edible complex, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, I'll give it a try, Mike. I'll do my best. We'll be tasting and discussing these gins and writing them with these sips ratings plus our signature sounds. Hear those ratings now. Number one. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Ooh, that's not too bad. That's offensive, but not horribly offensive. Two. Nice, but what else have you got? Well, isn't that nice? Three. Hmm, interesting. What was this again? Interesting. All I can think of is wonderful dinners. There's some lovely fish down here. Um, for let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Five. Oh my! I was unaware. I think could be this good. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah! 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 So. Yeah. Like Mike mentioned, this episode is a blind tasting, and this is not even close to our first blind tasting of gin. Um, be sure to go back and check out our Gin 101 episode to learn all about gin production and our big gin taste-off. We conducted a blind tasting of over 500 gins, not in one day. Never. However, ever. never again. Never, ever. Not going back to that. Hashtag never again. Never again. So many of the gins we tasted for this episode were released after we did the big gin episode or they weren't widely distributed yet. So we decided to go back and do it again, but not really again. Um, so there were some really interesting flavor profiles trending. Um, we had a couple of gins today, the Grey Whale and St. Laurent, that were um, under the influence of the ocean. Uh, so some seaweed and briny action going on with those and very if you're different. looking for something very different i definitely suggest to try them um they didn't make our top five but they're really cool so carrie and uh, we're actually uh, sampling you know both of these gens that we just talked about the uh, gray whale and the saint laurent and um you know the gray whale was not my favorite thing neat it was not mine either, but I did go home and um, make a gimlet with it, and I thought that really um, brought out some of those flavors in a different way. Yeah, um, Mike was suggesting maybe trim that with a little salt on the rim. Um, I did not try that, but well, and I like what Craig said earlier is yeah. that you know even though we've talked about the ranking of this flight, every gen can fit something, right? Right. I I think it's funny because you just said the gray whale, which I had never had before today. Um, but to me, it had zero nose whatsoever, and it was very, very watery. I don't know what the proof is on that, but I think you're right on a gimlet because you're not getting much from it. You're not gonna. It's not gonna stand up. Certainly not gonna stand up in with citrus. <laughs> so you know you're gonna have the flavors of everything else, and it'll provide the backbone of the spirit, but it's not gonna give you any flavor. 
Yeah, there were definitely some things in uh, each of those products that, you know, I, I don't know that your palate is always acclimated, you know, to recognize what does seaweed taste like, you know, in gin. And, uh, you know, it's like, mm, I'm not quite sure about <laughs> But we've that. all had whale in gin. I mean, that's just... <laughs> right. We've yeah. been, we've whale been is delicious. We've been there. Uh, but the thing that I read uh, within this flight was there was a wide variety of things going on. And that's what I really enjoyed about each of these particular products that we selected for this show. And I'm excited to talk about our top five. So uh, we're going to go uh, through these from five to our top pick for the day. So you got to hang around to the end to find out, you know, what was our favorite thing today. Uh, so our number five uh, pick today was from Todd and Vixen. And let me get to that information about that particular product, and I will tell you all about it, and we'll be looking up our tasting notes while we're doing this. So Todd and Vixen, uh, here's some uh, information directly from them. How our products are consumed is as important as how they're made. So we recruited a team of revered cocktail professionals led by Gary Goss Regan, including Leo Rebeshek, I probably just screwed that up, sorry about it, and Jeffrey Morgenthaler, early on and paired them with our British master distiller to help us develop a gin. The result is one lively mix of British sensibility and American mischief. What does that sound like, do you think, <laughs> Jason? What would, what would British sensibility even sound like in American mischief? That'd be like tossing uh, whiskey down after a, a cup of ketchup on your fries, right? I'm sorry. When, when it comes to American sensibility and gin, all I can think of is a bathtub. I'm just I thinking think they're going in the think, opposite direction. Yeah, I think, I think we have I introduced... Think they'll compliment each other. No, I think we introduced bathtubs to the gin-making process. I well, think that's also, all. at this time in history, American and sensibilities, those were should never be together. <laughs> yeah, so. I agree. That's true. Whoever wrote this marketing stuff <laughs> right. did not call us. They didn't, they didn't see f- We were not in the room yeah. when it yeah. happened. That's true. Right. So, it's- specifically designed to enhance the flavors of gin cocktails, our inaugural Todd and Vixen's Dry Gin 1651 is made by macerating botanicals, including juniper, angelica root, and rooibos tea to extract their flavors, then non-shell filtering to retain their unearthed profile. The resulting sip is a bold on the entry, giving way to a well-balanced, vibrant gin and a weighty mouthfeel. As the esteemed Gaz Regan put it, this gin rocks. So what do you guys think about this uh, gin? I well, like this gin. I liked it too. And it's it's really, I mean, to me, it tasted closer to a classic uh, British dry gin. I don't know about the uh, American mischief part but uh i will say that the last time i hand macerated something uh too much i I almost went blind and uh so i respect the level of care that they use did you not use subsidence smoke personal lube for that that? (laughs) i'm really disappointed there's there's been so many shortages there's shortages (laughs) this year mike i need some help there buddy To to me this is a hotter ford's gin it's uh, it's 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 a it's a more viscous. Mm-hmm. It's obviously meant for cocktails. To me, if you blinded this next to Ford's, I'd be surprised if we picked this over Ford's because to me, it's mm. essentially the same thing with more heat. Hotter. Yeah. Uh, here are my own tasting notes. I wrote it started sweet, had a uh, juniper kind of in the middle. This big pepper finish, yep, you know, very off the pepper, back, yep. you know, um, was was really something that was very notable about this, but. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure that I'd be a fan of this neat. 
Um, this is definitely something I can see working in a lot of great cocktails. I have 60 gins at my bar and I don't drink gin neat. So yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I agreed with you, Mike, that sweet was the first thing that I wrote on it. And then, uh, astringent finish. So really it's 48%. So, yeah. you know, well, what's what you need in the Navy, right? <laughs> right? I think my strongest tasting note was fresh. I get a lot of really fresh and so clean, bright, clean. fresh and so clean. clean. Mm. Yeah. But bright flavors. I think it was yeah, a really nice. See that. Well, our sips rating here for the Todd and Vixen 1651 is going to be a three. Interesting. And, and I know this is, uh, I know this is lame, but like the label would be something my wife would go for instantaneously. It's got a cute label, I think. Hey, we'll Suck be yeah. right back in a moment. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's episode, it's a gin uh, flight all neat. We've gone through 13 gens, selected our top five as well as our bottom to talk about. We just finished talking about our number five, which was Todd and Vixens. Again, we rated that a three out of five. Up next is going to be our number four out of this flight, which is from Bull Rush. And Carrie Ann's going to give us background on this one. Yeah, Bull Rush was a late entry into the flight, um, but uh, it is from Piedmont, South Carolina. As Craig mentioned, hub of gin making in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, bull rush is a vernacular term for cattail. If everybody knows what uh, a cattail is, oh, I see yeah. what they did. Um, so, bull rush is made in a traditional pot still um, with 24 pounds of botanicals per batch, and and developed to be enjoyed by gin drinkers and non-gin drinkers alike. Seaweed's heavy. I don't like to associate with non-gin drinkers. I'll just go ahead and say (laughs) it right right there. Don't trust them. Never have, never will. No. Marsh grass is heavy as well, apparently. Marsh grass. Um, Yeah, so this gin is juniper forward, I would say, and has um, a handful of nothing totally out of the ordinary, um, as far as the botanicals go, I think um, the lavender, you can definitely pull yeah, through. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's a really nice little gin. In fact, that's what I wrote in my... It's The botanical is on the definitely on the finish, and I actually wrote down something lavender or something sweet, you know, that is very botanical forward on the, on the back end of this. And this one is uh, 44%, so 88 proof. It, it, and that's a pretty obvious one, too. I would say that the if there wasn't the salt, the floral, floral qualities would bother me. And I think what, what this is it's pretty well balanced in that. You know, something that bothers me about New World gins in general is, is overly floral without Yeah, the I think balance. they've got to try too hard, you know. I mean, yeah. it's not balanced. It's kind of like, yeah. look what we found in the botanical closet. We're right. going to dump right. it all in right. and vapor fuse <laughs> it. It's like, like buying. Oh, we have some products that were in this flight that literally had like 30 different botanicals. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 Now we know where uh, Bath and Body Works is sending all their right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they send them all to Monkey 47. Yes. We're closing our stores, <laughs> there but you guess go. what? I like that, Craig. That's pretty good. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I think every Monkey, time I have Monkey 47. Monkey 47 is the worst gin on it, the planet. It is, I don't understand why people like that so much. Because everybody's like, well, what's the most expensive gin you have? And I go, it's the most expensive, but it's definitely not the best. Same reason that people <laughs> yeah. buy Pappy. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Wow. wow. It's the same reason. 
Banned in Kentucky. Yeah, for sure. Wow. I, I'm feeling <laughs> it. Well, it was a good show. Yeah. And uh, I'd just like to yeah. thank all of you yeah. guys. It was, it was a good nice, run. It was nice for you being here, Craig. Yeah, I appreciate sure. that. You, you just stepped on, blew your, blew this, your left This will not be the up. first thing I say that pisses people <laughs> off. Trust me. <laughs> just you wait. Well, uh, some of my own tasting notes. Uh, in addition to that, you know, kind of you know botanical back in it was kind of sweet up front there was kind of a peppery thing you know kind of in the middle of this Mm -hmm. uh, that was going on but i I really thought that it was very well balanced and you know i i was really surprised it didn't it didn't taste like you know a me too you know uh gin that was in this flight it doesn't taste abused no harassed no no it didn't well the one thing i found on on a lot of the other gens, I wrote abrasive probably about 18 times a day. It felt like, you know, on, you know. This is a gin that will work really well with a sweeter Amaro. Ooh. Mm. Cool, man. Because I agree. B- that is a great choice. Because I'm sorry, Julianne is not here to vehemently agree with you. <laughs> I, I so. wouldn't, go, you know, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not talking for that. I'm talking like the Chinars and the Milettis mm. and, yep. and the uh, sure. Ramazzatis, where you'd have enough of that salt to cut through it. Uh, I think, I think a good. Viscous vermouth as well, but I wouldn't go with a light Dolan vermouth with this one if mm. I'm doing cocktails. Just my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, really uh, great in this flight. Any any other tasting comments about this before we rate this and move on? I'm looking forward to playing with it. This is my first taste of it. I agree. Um, this will fit in nice with a lot of cocktails that uh, will be on another episode. Our uh, sips rating here for Bull Rush Gin is going to be a three. Interesting. Well, up next is uh, the curveball that I threw in the flight. I put a gin that was in our big gin taste off and hit our top three back into our flight that we went through today. Just wanted to see, you know, it's been three years, you know, since we did the big gin taste off. I wondered... Has, has our palate it, changed? Has it been that long? Wait, it, maybe two years. Yeah. I think I still have PTSD from that. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, number three gen is Kenobi from uh, Kyoto Distillery. And this was a fabulous gin. And we hit our top five. And we've rated it uh, very well today as well. And the fact that, you know, some of the same palates are here and some of the, you know, Craig's palate was kind of new to this. Is this a, is this a gin you've had before, Kenobi? It is not, and I've actually had never had a rice-based gin. Yeah, and that was what was really fascinating is that there is a soft, you know, quality, you know, about this that you would typically find in a lot of rice-based, you know, uh, distilled products. But the herbal blend off this was just fantastic, and I just I loved it. Well, the funny thing is, is the first thing I have is not grain. Yeah, you know, like I didn't know what it was, but it's the first thing I was not grain, super mild on the nose, restrained juniper. Yeah, but I noticed that it was rounder than most of them, which made me deduce that it was not grain. <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing on our tasting lineup, and I usually start at the beginning and work my way down. So this was the first thing that kind of balanced or and I and I really enjoyed it, and I always try to like come back later and revisit the first couple again just to see if I'm in the same place by the end of the flight. Um, I had uh, on my notes that it was a little bit sweet at the beginning. Um, I didn't get the rice thing, but I did say that there was almost like a Maltese quality to it, something like that. And then obviously the floral notes at the end, but um, it was a great place to start. But uh, 
you always got to keep messing with this mic. <laughs> no, and and when You're you welcome. go when you go back and now after Yum. you know whatever three hours of nothing in my mouth, it's much more evident that it's rice. It's like sake. Mm. It, yeah. it, I mean, you can actually. And I maybe that's subliminal, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I actually, it's not. Uh, it's not a bad way of of describing it. I can definitely see some sakes that would fit, you know, a bit of the taste profile for this. I would love to do a cocktail with sake and this. Oh, cool! Yeah, hmm. um, it's kind of sweet in the middle, um, which I actually like, and it's very. Um, I think the juniper is actually the star of the show, you know, for this. Um, yeah, that was definitely my first. Well, it was the first thing I tasted, so I always go back as well. Um, tasting gin is really different than like tasting through the similar number of whiskeys because there's so much. It's intense variation yeah. in what you're tasting, and that they're, you're not tasting apples to apples. Yeah. So it's a very it's different a very different bills, tasting. Different, you know, different yeah. uh, different botanicals, different way in which you know it's been augmented or. Uh, adulterated or however you want to call whatever you know flavoring you know gin is a female whiskey is a male (laughs) (laughs) well i'm so glad that we came back around uh for this our uh sips rating for kenobi is also a four that's classified so uh we're moving uh, right along here to our next uh gin uh which is actually um has it's number three um, that's the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Holding. Uh, and uh, let me get the background on that in front of me. Numbers here. are super just hard just today. As as I can. Number three is number two, but it was number seven. Gin. Yeah. All Gin. right. Number three. It took Barry and Brothers, uh, Barry Brothers and Rudd, London's oldest wine and spirit merchant, established in 1698 and a team of spirit specialists, 730 days to painstakingly refine and create the world's best gin. All right, so first off. 732 I, days, they could have been number one. Yeah. yeah. You know, they it's just like, tried a little bit harder. Yeah, I mean, oh seriously, gosh. what? Slacker. Also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what'll be funny is that, you know, when they hear what was number one in our flight is, you know, they'll, they'll send a note off to these guys and go, dude, we did this in four and a half days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, but also know. like 730 days. Why didn't they just say two years? Like, <laughs> no, each one of those days was so important. Or you know, like how many milk bars were it were in, involved? You know, in the painstaking, you know, uh, process of refining, you know, and creating this gin. I mean, what would you do in 730 days creating a gin? I have no idea. Yeah. The, the BBC has such horrible programming. There's no way that you can just sit around and watch TV for 730 days. Right, but it's a, a Dutch collaboration, right? So for those 731 That's days, worse. you're pretty racist. You might smoke some weed. Yeah, yeah like, uh, <laughs> like you throw that in with the English, you know. That's the thing that I really want to know is I want to know what you did during those 730 days. Of the what? Talk about how much money you're going to make off Americans by selling yeah, your gin. You know, yeah, you know, it's like every time somebody's checking on with you during the research, you know, process and go, yeah, we're going to get on that, man. Yep, we're right on that. Hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is Europe, after all. There's like, no pressing deadlines in in, in the Netherlands. Yes. <laughs> they did have to weigh six different bot- can- botanicals precisely. Yes. I mean, precisely. Well, I mean, Do you that, think they used the same scale? That probably took scales? like 187 days all by itself, <laughs> you know? How much? Yeah, does I mean, that it's the weigh? metric system. Is it? Guys, yeah. This oh. is all. Yeah. Is that, uh-huh. is that 42 grams or 42 and a half grams? You know? 
I mean, you know, seriously, I have no idea what you would do for 730 days. I've never done anything for 730 days. Well, it's getting pretty close to being at home. I was going to say the time of COVID is truly, you know, like 730 days. Just try now. Yeah. Because we can cram it into a month. Right. Well, so we should have started to make gin. <laughs> so we, we have bathtubs. Wasted yeah. time. Oh, man. The, uh, so they weighed these uh, six botanicals out that I'm going to tell you about here in just a second. Then they added it to the still and steeped it for 16 hours. That's half a day. Ultra pure grain spirit. The next day, the distillation begins. It's a seven-hour cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the master Third distiller. Third of a day. <laughs> The master distiller collects the heart of the distillate, and then we triple check the drin, not oh, twice. Oh, that's where those 700 days that's come in. That's what's going on. It's 730 days. Uh, what number are you on a checking? I'm on number two. This is day number five. Okay, so <laughs> um, to ensure that nothing short of spectacular. I'm pretty sure that that's what they said after they left out of the right milk bar. Spectacular milk. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then they bring their gin down to a precise 46% ABV, the perfect ABV for our unique taste, and it's ready to be bottled. So here's a list of the botanicals in this and the origin of where they're from. Grapefruit peel from Uruguay, orange peel from Spain, coriander from Bulgaria, cardamom from Guatemala, juniper berries from Italy, um, angelica root from Poland. <laughs> So I think it's uh, and there are I noticed several of these where they were sourcing you know different things from and I thought it was very interesting such a wide variety. If I had to take a guess, where were they blowing the seven hundred and thirty days? It's that they went through like forty countries from grapefruit peel, yeah. you know, and they were like, <laughs> "No, I think the grapefruit peel works good from Mexico." Yeah, we're we're getting closer, guys. We just need to go on a couple more field survey <laughs> trips, right, yeah. and I think we're gonna figure it out. Yeah, Tony from Bullrush sent me like where their um, all of their botanicals the were. Of, yeah. Re- yeah, so they were Bulgaria, Indonesia, China, South Carolina, India. What, so, did, what did they source I from South Carolina? Well, marshgrass <laughs> racism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my god, marshgrass with a Thank touch you, of I racism. Appreciate that. <laughs> Once again, there we go. Now we're banned from there. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so we're quick. It's so bad. Dudes, dudes who seem gay but aren't. That's the other thing. Oh my that comes god, even worse. Centric is what we call them. <laughs> but that linen suit, though, seriously, it just it helps everything. I don't know about you guys, but it ties the room together. Multinational gin botanicals are where it's at in this lineup, mm. obviously. I, I mean, for this gin number three, not the number, but the actual brand of gin number three, I smelled the, or I thought <laughs> I smelled the Jennifer. The Yennefer smell. Oh, I, interesting. I I, 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 guessed on this only one. I guessed right. I, the, the one I, I said, oh, it smells like Yennefer. It smells like unsweetened. Yeah, Yennefer. the multi. Yeah, I smelled the Guatemalan children that yes, picked right. the cardamom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but the suffering is nature's tenderizer, so I really feel that just kind of makes it. And makes Guatemalan it. children are delicious. I did have a tasting oh. note of this one being soft, so it could be the little soft hands of the little baby. <laughs> well, it's the tears as they wash each little or berry. That. It's just a little bit gin tears. <laughs> Wow, we are awful people. Yeah, we've really (laughs) moved away from the milk bar fast. Uh, My own tasting notes here, I wrote a lot of pepper up front. It's very well balanced. Um, Very dry finish, I thought, off of this one. Now, I will tell you that I've had a lot more time to play with these gens, uh, both neat and in a lot of cocktails. 
I have gone back to that number three an awful lot. And it has worked very well in a we wide, wide range of things. Is it the low rider? It is. Is it's it the low rider? Is. It's extensive testing. That's oh. what we call it in the business. Uh, to me, this is this is beef eater. If bowls made beef eater. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an yeah, interesting that's call. That's a good way of describing it. I like that a lot, Craig. Um, and So I could use this for anything. I could literally use it for anything. I, it, it could be good in a martini. It could be good in a shake and drink. It, it's... I have not seen this product as widely available as uh, some of the other ones that we've gone through. And I'm hoping that Hotling will take this to heart and expand distribution and get this, you know, in a, in a much broader range because it is fabulous. I really love this. Number three, number two. <laughs> Correct. That is right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, if you had to pick uh, a cocktail choice to go with this, any anything come to mind? I wouldn't do a lot with it. I would do. I would. I would be happy with a little tonic. Well, just call it a day. Which, what you were talking about is the way it kind of keys into more of a Jennifer kind of piece. You know, I would think about some things that I would normally make with Jennifer, um, or maybe like Old Tom or something like that, and mm. kind of see where we go from there. I wouldn't use anything heavy with this because I think the gin. This is a this is a gin I'd use when I want an ounce and a half or more gin in my drink. Like, when you want the gin, when to you sing. want the gin mm-hmm. to sing, sing a little bit. yeah. So you know, um, I think I think with the Martinez or stuff, I think you'd lose it. I, th- I think, yeah, I think you need to back off. I'm trying to think of you I know, think the Vermouth would absolutely an aviation, perhaps. It. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I can see that working. Um, but I, again, I, I think it's pretty versatile because it's gonna it's it, it's got that bite that I like. I just it's wouldn't want the, the lavender to the creme de violet to really kind of compete with the sweetness in this that would be the only thing i, I use such a small amount of violet and there you go yeah. less is more yeah. whatever your recipe says cut it now yeah totally yeah just want to so, see the color uh love this gin everybody and uh so our rating here for number two from hotling is going to be a sips rating of four fabulous gin um very distinctive bottle um you'll see it on the shelf so uh definitely seek that one out it has a sure. key on it but no castle <laughs> oh man oh there's a there's I hope a we have some off, time you know i hope we have some time <laughs> well uh let's see uh we're gonna get to our uh top pick here uh before our second break so our number one in our flight here is actually going to be from freeland Yay. yeah how about that i mean that is uh says an awful lot I have some background here about Freeland as well, while everybody's grabbing their glass. You know, I think it's fair to say that Freeland kind of is one of the reasons we decided to do our next gent show. But we have to be pretty specific here. This is the Freeland Dry. Yes. Uh, let's see. Yes, yes. that is Which true. is very different than the other Freeland. Yes. The other Freeland is not good. That this Freeland true. Dry is very good. Yep. So I have some quick background here, and then we'll get to our break. Freeland uh uh, Spirits Dry Gin is London Dry Styled, distilled in Portland, Oregon. For all of you rebels defying the odds and breaking through the glass ceilings, we created Navy Strength Gin because strong gals deserve strong gin. Hell I yeah. like that. That works for me, for sure. Put hair on your chest. <laughs> the aromatics are concentrated and bold, tickling the senses with hints of spice, citrus peel, and ever-present juniper berry. Our women-owned and operated distillery. What, what? Affer offers the best of the Pacific Northwest in every sip. This is actually stacked out at 114 proof. Wow. That is uh, definitely uh, probably the uh, most kicked up gin we've had. 
I didn't have to brush my teeth today because of this. It just <laughs> washed it all away. No more COVID like in our mouth. That's either. right. Yeah. Hey, we'll be right back talking a little bit more about Freeland. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's episode, we are going over a flight of gin that we have made out of 13 different uh, choices. And we're going through our top five. And we we're just discussing our number one gin out of this flight, which was from Freeland. It was the dry gin. I was giving a little bit of background on this, uh, you know, very standard, you know, approach towards the Navy Strength London Dry Gin, which, you know, there's been a lot of people that have aimed for that. In fact, we're going to talk about one that hit the bottom that was aiming for that, um, in a, you know, right after this discussion. So let's talk about uh, this a bit more. Um, I had, so first off, we're huge fans of Molly. Yes. <laughs> and can't, can't uh, say we aren't. We really have to be transparent that you know we just have a huge crush with her skill and her ability of creating great products and carrie ann reminded me and you know part of what led us to actually do this episode was this was a gin that was created after the big gin taste off and i really thought there was a great story and i really wanted to hopefully share this gin with the world and put them on the map because it's really good and not only do they have two different versions of it, and we didn't talk about the second um, version of, of their gen, just the dry, but they have another version that's a bit more botanical forward. Um, they also have a uh, ready-to-drink uh, version as well mm. oh, that cool. is really amazing. And I uh, hope that as their distribution expands that you'll have an opportunity to get this. You're talking a little bit about their neighbors across the street. So Aria Gen is another gen that didn't, did they make our last gin tasting? Yes. They weren't distributed. So yeah, we, yeah. it was in that. We were looking at who's yeah. distributed enough so that everybody could kind of find the gins right. that we really loved. Um, so Aria is a gin that most of us at this table do really love. And these guys are neighbors. And one of them produced for the other their gin in the time that they were building the distillery. I'm pretty sure it was Aria that was helping out Freeland. I might sense. have that backwards, yeah. but I think so. Um, so those guys are friends, and they're making very different gins, but both very good. So Portland could be the actual seat of awesome gin in yeah, America. Yeah, except they're lazy, so it'll <laughs> never happen. <laughs> It's the lazy city in America. I can tell you, those ladies <laughs> the dream of the 90s, at Freeland are... you are, inhaling with uh, your right hand or your left hand <laughs> when you're saying that? So, Not lazy over there. They are they are working their No, the city. Off. I don't know Molly yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. And now Ryan's mm-hmm. not lazy either. So, well, Shout out. I think what I really love about our process today was uh, Carrie Ann and I knew this gen um, already. We were already in love with it. But we hit it in this blind tasting. And I love the fact that even through doing it in a blind that this wound up being on top and it says an awful lot yeah with some really great palettes i'll, I'll tell you what table. i'll tell you what i wrote down and, and and this is a huge compliment for someone i have no i don't know who they are i don't it's Heyman's royal dock with a little bit of floral quality okay. wow and and to me that's it, high praise Heyman's royal dock is easily in my top 10 favorite i agree gyms. now what i actually say i really like about this dry is that i knew right away it was royal's uh, it was a uh, navy strength. It was inst- it was obvious. Hmm. I want that in so many different types of drinks. Yes, I, I mean, you know, my my the, there are about no, well, there's some in art that we tried today, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens of gin companies now who just underperform because of the lack of alcohol. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the uh, Gin's made for cocktails. Yeah. It's got to right. stand up. Right. And when right. they yeah. just fall apart, yep. it's kind of like, what are you even doing? Well, and, and I think a lot of times new upstart, I was talking about this in the break, was that a lot of times new upstart distilleries, you know, the easiest thing in the world is to buy some distillate or, you know, make vodka or gin. And then they throw a bath, em, or a bath bomb in it and then just kind of <laughs> see what happens Ta-da. from there. Um, and there's no yeah. balance. There's nothing that... I think we're going to talk about a gin that has a similar process Oh, here. boy. Mm. Um, but this is, to me, uh, my notes were just, you know, uh, just so uh, perfumey, floral, but at the same time, very dry and just such a clean finish. And uh, you're right, with uh, that Navy strength proof, you could this could really stand up to a lot of things you could throw at it and still and, sing. And look, it's not nearly as floral as something like an Uncle Val's. Which is garbage, and the reason it's garbage is because it's it's under it's underproved. Wait, wait just right? a second. That was a touch of sarcasm, as he said. <laughs> if, if, if I want to drink my grandmother's purse, I will order Uncle Val's. Wow, that's interesting. And well, that Uncle, sounded way weirder than I meant it. No, I meant a legitimate purse. <laughs> I think um, I think Uncle Val had some fun weekend activities that we didn't know about. But uh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, some of my own tasting notes here for uh, Freeland Dry. It started out kind of sweet. Uh, there's a floral thing that kind of creeps in early in the taste profile. Um, juniper and rosemary is what I wrote down. We're kind of in the middle and the kind of the forward herbal component around this. Uh, sweet finish, but squeaky clean. Uh, I love this. Super clean. Yeah. I love going back to it even now uh, here in the glass. It's really amazing. Good job, whoever made it. Molly is their name? Molly. Molly. Yep. And I'm a terrible, terrible pain in the butt, so. Hmm. Yeah, really great uh, organization. And so they actually make a whiskey as well as that ready-to-drink uh, product. And I hope that we'll have an opportunity of featuring both the ready-to-drink and the whiskey on a future episode as well. well I'm sorry. What do you mean by that? Ready-to-drink is like a can pre-formulated canned cocktail. Canned cocktail. Yeah, oh, a, okay. That's why I don't know what that is. No, there's yes. there, there's some really great. Rosé gin. What, what was it? What's what was the, the ready-to-drink? Gin and tonic. And tonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's oh. a foolproof gin in a can? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure yep. is. Like no corners cut. Gotcha. Um, there's some really great quality products mm-hmm. on the market. I mean, it used to be, you know, terrifying malt beverages and well, most know, of corn syrup, right? Yeah. I just got another package from Portland of an RTD a couple days ago. So RTDs are coming. They are a big thing now. um, They are. It's it's a huge growth piece. We have some uh, future episodes planned covering RTDs. And I think that, you know, hopefully some of the ones we've mentioned here will make that discussion. But in the meantime, you know, these are really great, you know, products you can work with. I just hope that if we ever see them in a bar, we walk out. I just hope that people start drinking them and put the seltzers away. I actually have a real cocktail on oh, a can. Yeah. That's fine. I just if I see it at a bar, I'm walking out, and I expect all of you to do the same thing. I actually know some bars that that is their big plan is that they are going this route. Well, well, well then it's, it's not a bar. No, and yeah. it's and, wow. and I'll tell you what I've heard from the industry it's is a, that it's it's people who don't invest the training in their people. Yeah. they don't trust them to it's manage turn it, properly. Yeah, so they're well. Then they're, I wouldn't go in there anyway. So it's I all about how many drinks. It's probably not turn, places you know? exactly. find yourself. I think that places that are doing high volume tourism. Right. 
business college all over the country. College places. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be like here. And I think, this. you know, tourist oh, districts, you know, where you want a, a beverage to go and you want it in a in a safe container as On well. the beach or something like right. that. Yeah. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But, you know, you're not going to walk in the Patterson house and get I think oh, this sh- would be a great <laughs> time for Craig to tell us about what he does. Well, let's rate this no. uh, real oh, quick. after oh, that. Little, uh, after that. Time. So mm-hmm. our, <laughs> our SIPs rating here for the Freeland Dry is going to be a four. A hundred. <laughs> well, uh, I, I do. Uh, let's talk about uh, Peninsula a bit. I am such a huge fan of your gin and tonic menu. It Thank is you. the one reason. So of all the places I can go to, go to for my birthday, a lot of fabulous places, I went to your place for my birthday. Yes, so. you did. That's where we met. Yep. Uh, and what a fabulous evening. I I loved every every single one of the dishes that was put in front of me. I could have just sat there with a cocktail menu for a good two hours. <laughs> it was you. that good. Thank Are you, you saying you didn't? Uh, it was a good hour and a half. I probably had <laughs> I probably had six different cocktails. Yeah. You know, yeah. Happy um, birthday. Yeah. Right. That was a yeah, that's that seems like ten years ago. Remember when we had birthdays? Yeah. Oh man, that was awesome. So yeah, so I own Peninsula restaurant at uh Spanish Portuguese influenced uh Hence the gin and tonic menu. Um, literally everything on my cocktail menu and the gin and tonic menu and my wines are specifically to go with my chef's food. Um, I've spent, I've been in the business 35 years, started in restaurants when I was 14 years old. Um, I just gave away my age. Uh, <laughs> you so, yeah, so, sorry. You already know we're so, not good at math. Right. Yeah. If you drink the right gin, right. you actually age. <laughs> that, over that's true. That's true. Preservative. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, I specifically, again, I, uh, everything to me, gin and tonics changed for me when I first went to Spain or when I first went to Europe. I, I think it was an afterthought in this country until you know, man, it's still an afterthought Recently. in most places. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I started making my own tonic a decade ago. Finally, I'm bottling it. So um, I, I I never understood as a younger bartender why anyone would drink tonic because to me it was like a sugar bomb. <laughs> um, and then I started doing some research on Kina products when pre-Cokey Americana. How do you get these, these bitter, you know... Chichona flavors without actually using chichona. Yeah. So I I made my own tonic syrup years ago, really because a friend of mine and I did a, a, a seven nights in a row, and we did every drink in the Savoy cocktail book at different bars. Oh, cool! Which was incredibly ambitious because the measurements they'll say like three hookers of gin, and you're like, <laughs> they're mouthfuls of gin. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, there's so many different measurements, and then there's the kina 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 kept coming up, and this was a long time ago. This is early 2000s, late 90s. Oh, man. Where there wasn't anything. So I made my own Kina syrup, which then eventually became my own tonic. So I actually used the Kina syrup in cocktails for a long time. And then I really started doing research on how much sugar was in tonic. And I was like, wow, even Fever Tree has a lot, as much sugar as in a can of Coke. And that's, yeah, that was something that we noticed. uh, We actually went through a series of gins, uh, all using Fever Tree, and I definitely was paying attention to the variation, you know, of how much sugar was in various tonic, you know. And I was like, wow, there's like a huge disparity. And I really don't understand it because, well, I mean, it's maybe it's palate. just my palate. Well, it's, yes. It's oh, no, the no, the, no I understand palate. that. But, yeah. you know, Schweppes is not American. 
I mean, we know the English. They have worse balance no, but than I'm, anyone. I, but if I think that there's anybody that adulterated that concept of what tonic actually tastes like, I would blame Schweppes. Because they wanted to use it as a bricks. Right, yeah. right, right. And also, I mean, also, you know, to be fair, if you start playing around with chinchona bark and you start making a, it's really bitter. So you have to. And it's also toxic. Yes. So there's, there's that. You I have paid to attention careful. to that during you, that seminar, too. Right. the cocktail, what can kill you? Right. That chinchona bar can. So I mean, it would be an awful lot, but still, yeah. But but no, I I, I I'm still astounded by tonics now. Even the the more successful ones that are just did you, so syrupy and sugary. Did you know that there was a uh, I guess what the hydroxychloroquine thing? There was. I, I'm not even kidding. There was literally can we put that in gin. There was a rush on tonic water because people thought that quinine was oh like so. There was there was a short period of time during oh, wow. the pandemic where people went on a huge rush on sad. tonic water. I know it's super America. sad, but what's, yeah. what's amazing to me is that someone was smart enough to put that together. I, you know, it was probably some terrifying so conspiracy. I twisted the memo up because when I heard the thing that would cure COVID, I just ran towards Jen. Yeah. So, right. you know, <laughs> well, they also said malaria. So, right. exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Bam, bam. Yeah. So, that was. You know, I I thought that I could clean myself from the inside out. Yes. You know, We're drunk, we're full of bleach, and we won't get COVID. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, some really bad ideas, let's talk about uh, the, mm. the thing that was at the bottom of our flight oh, and some oh, interesting boy. stories, you know, God kind of bless. about this. So. The thing that was in the bottom of our flight was actually the London Dry Gin from Castle and Key. And uh, I have a quick uh, uh, description of this, which explains a little bit about what's going on. Our restoration gin uh, begins with our rye whiskey base that is distilled into vodka. And the vodka distillate is then infused with juniper and a thoughtful selection of seven herbs and botanicals. The result is not good. It's distinct, <laughs> complex, <laughs> and heavily uh, aromatic uh, flavor profile. Their mash bill is 17% yellow corn, 63% rye, and 20% Martha barley. And 5% hatred. And I actually think that's you know where things really kind of go off the rail. And so well, this, is, this is an interesting story because we were right – Carrie Ann and I were right there um, with um, <laughs> with Marianne, and she was actually finishing off, you know, the very first gin batch. It was actually made in a pot still, and they actually even didn't even have the column still, you know, even operational. And it was interesting that she was going after one. We knew that she was going to go after a um, a cleared, you know, uh, spirit so that get some cash flowing, and, and Jen was at the at the forefront, but. Man, she. I mean, she has a really pretty garden. Yes, it's if, a pretty garden. But if your mission garden. statement disqualifies you as London Dry Gin before you even get to tell us that it's a London Dry Gin, then you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you don't know what you're doing, and that is so evident with this gin. It's someone who does not know what they're doing, and I'm with sorry, gin. but before when what's her name, Marianne Barnes, when she came and visited me, I told her it ain't gin. And I said the same thing. It ain't she gin. Since some of the early batches, you know, as she was that she had made, and I just, you know, pulled her aside and I said, "This is not London Dry Gin. It's not even good gin." And bathtub. And I'm, I'm hey. like, you no. Know, the closest thing on the market that <laughs> is, is St. George Dry could Rye. You just, That's it. Could you go pick up a pint of, of beef eater and yeah. just yeah. kind of realign yourself mm. towards yeah. beef eater? You know, something. Um, but I. So I will say that the difference between what was tasted pre-release and batch one, which I tasted, 
there was a marketable improvement. This was batch 12 that we had, and it still moved along. It's still not It's good. terrible. Better, it's terrible. But it is still not not My even. tasty note is poop. Make it into yeah. sanitizer and <laughs> stop not even the cute trying emoji. to sell it to us. Stop not. trying to sell it to us. I think the sanitizer thing would work really well because yeah. you get the nice herbal, no. you know, it's pretty much like, uh, you know, a Young Living store it's exploded into. It's not even high into, enough uh, proof to be sanitizer. Well, there's a lot of great gin on the market <laughs> and uh, hopefully you'll uh, pick some of the ones we talked about today or go back and revisit our big gin taste off. Still some really great products that you should go back and visit as well. Maybe if you get that castle and key as a Christmas gift, pick it for your worst, your favorite uncle. You can re gift <laughs> that. Here you go, Aunt Harriet. Put it with some Schweppes. You'll never know the difference. Oh, there hey. you go. Yeah, that'll that'll be good. Just don't take it to uh, Craig's restaurant. He'll he'll just uh, <laughs> kick that to the curb pretty quick. Well, we really hope you had a great time on this episode today discussing these gins. You can catch us online anytime. Do yourself a favor and uh, tap the subscribe button. That's the easiest way to listen to our show, um, as well as asking Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry, play podcast, Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day. Our handle is at sipsudsmokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms as well. Your gen sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a cesspool of hate mail sometimes (laughs) on our social media. But anyway, do, uh, do do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, that's a great big help to us. And we get to see your feedback as well. Five stars, please. I want to thank our uh, host for being here, good old gal Carrie Ann. Tell us a little bit about uh, everything you got going with Straight Up 615, Bourbon Steward, and Whiskey Wash. Wow. wow. I had a lot going on before yes. the March killed us. And then, yeah, so Straight Up 615 is, according to Vine Pair uh, Instagram account, you should be following. Hint, hint. Um, and I'm also starting a, a monthly column with Whiskey Wash. After the first one, we'll see if he lets me keep going. Are you going to give me some editorial, you know, uh, elements to it? No one gets that. <laughs> Thanks for being here, good old boy Sparky. It's great to be here and actually seeing the sunlight again. Oh, well, you know, whatever Jen made that happen, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> it wasn't a milk bar. No, no. We went, we shan't speak of the milk bar. We'll work on your Welsh as well. <laughs> good old boy Craig. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Come to Peninsula. We're back open. Hey, it's good old boy Mike. Come back. And I'll ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. <laughs>